0: Welcome to the Big Presentations Podcast, where we offer encouragement and guidance to those who make big presentations in small rooms. We believe that properly focused practice and preparation result in effective communications. I'm your host, Paul Gibson. Let's get started. We're so happy you're here. It's the Big Presentations Podcast, and today we have an excellent episode for you. It's filled with hopeful information and inspiring stories that will move you to pursue greatness in your presentations no it's not an infomercial i promise but this is good news that's free all you got to do is listen and then use what you learn here's the core content hello this is mike with big presentations i want you to think
1: back in time to when you first began learning skills that you use every day many of these skills are things that we don't even remember learning i don't remember anything about potty training but i know what happened I don't remember learning how to dress. I don't remember learning how to tie my shoes. But I can do it. And unless your memory is better than mine, you probably have very little memory of learning those skills. By now, you have reached the stage of competency that is called unconscious competence. You can perform the skill, do it well, and not have to think about it. That is an important skill level to keep in mind. You reached that level of skill because you have a lifetime of practice in it. From the time you were very young, you were practicing that skill. Every time you carried out the task, it was practice. It was all practice. And that practice paid off with unconscious competence in that ability. I'm emphasizing this point because I believe that this principle applies to most skills. The principle is this. Continual, focused Practice eventually results in unconscious competence. Hmm. I think I can make this even easier. Remember this. It's all practice. Let me say that again, because I want you to file it in your memory. It's all practice. Allow that idea to create hope when you're frustrated with your current skill level. It's all practice. And practice leads toward perfection your practice is more than repetition. It's a continual form of discovery. You're learning what works best, and you're repeating those actions and refining them to be even better. You are learning what does not work, and you are avoiding those actions or perhaps realizing where and when those actions are inappropriate. If you are humble and observant, you can experience a lifetime of learning, even in areas of unconscious competence. You can learn better ways of doing things that you've been doing for a lifetime. Approach life with this mindset, and it will make you a more effective person in every area of life. You can continually improve as a spouse, a parent, a friend, an employee, a supervisor, a manager, or a business owner. Remember, it's all practice. And practice leads toward perfection. I love this concept because it has a universal application. You could think of it in terms of becoming a better person. You could also think of it in terms of becoming better at a specific skill. It's all practice. When you are delivering big presentations in small rooms, you are practicing multiple skill sets. You are using the skill of discovering the audience and the goal. You are applying your ability to compile information, filter that information, and use the best information to compose a coherent and focused message. Many times, you'll be using the skills associated with creating a PowerPoint or a keynote slideshow. Then, you will be applying the skill of focused preparation, preparing both yourself and the audience. And finally, you will apply skills associated with delivering that presentation. Wow, the presentation process can feel overwhelming because there's so many skills involved in it. Be patiently determined. And remember, it's all practice. Every time you use one of these skill sets, it can be a learning experience that leads toward perfection. When things go well, learn from the experience and look for elements of success that will apply in other situations. When things do not go well, learn from the experience and discover things to change or to avoid in future similar situations. Realizing that it's all practice allows you to take a hopeful approach to learning and application. And this? This mindset that realizes it's all practice will lead you toward perfection
0: as you make big presentations in small rooms. Today, we're learning to relax and learn. Who knew those two things could go together, right? But before we get into all that, let's talk about what we did in last week's episode.
1: Last week, we talked about presentation stress. We learned that the stress is temporary, it can be helpful, and it lessens with experience. We picked up some tips and mindsets that can help us harness that stress so it works for us instead of against us. It was some good stuff. You should check it out.
0: As well you should. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to talk about, well, practice. Let me say that again, just for practice. When we come back, we're going to talk about practice and how everything's practice or something like that. I'll get it if I try it again, I promise. As you listen to this podcast, you may be thinking, man, I would
1: like to have more conversations about the work I do that involves presentations. I would like to be able to have a a community where I can ask questions and receive encouragement. Well, there is one waiting for you. The Workplace Presentations Hub is a Facebook group for people whose work involves presentations. So if that's you, go there. Join up now so you can receive encouragement and guidance at the Workplace Presentations Hub. Today,
0: we're talking about
1: one of Mike's favorite sayings. Yep. I love this concept. It can help us be more relaxed in the present and more hopeful about the future.
0: So out with it. What is the saying?
1: (laughs) Yeah, right, right.
0: The saying is,
1: it's all practice. A friend of mine carries a French horn with him wherever he goes. It, it's a skill. He's been building for years and continues to build almost daily. That development pays off in income as he plays for various events. If we rewound his life, we would eventually find a first time. We would see the first time he picked up the horn and began this journey. Without that beginning, his current reality would not exist. From that moment to his most recent performance, It's all practice.
0: So now in the core content, you reference the idea of unconscious competence as a goal to shoot for. Let's talk about those other steps that we have to get through to get to that goal.
1: All right. That's a good idea. There are four stages of skill development. The first stage is unconscious incompetence. At this stage, the person isn't even aware that a skill or knowledge gap exists. This is where ignorance is kind of bliss. The person isn't stressed
0: because there's no awareness of the need. It's wonderful not knowing that you suck. It's beautiful. And then the reality sets in. It quickly evaporates at the level of conscious incompetence. And this is where one is aware of the skill or knowledge gap and understands the importance of acquiring a new skill. It's in this stage that the learning can begin. Perhaps you've observed this moment, or maybe you remember it in your life with a bit of a grimace. Imagine a kid wanting... To play guitar. He's watching a guitarist. And he's thinking, I can hold that thing. I can move my hands and my fingers. I can play the guitar. And then the guitarist hands them the guitar. And they suddenly realize, "Uh uh-oh, I need to learn some stuff. I need to develop. The kid's now aware of the incompetence. This is conscious incompetence. And this is also a very bad moment.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But if that kid begins to learn and reaches the point where music starts to happen... Then they'll reach the level of conscious competence. This is where the person knows how to perform the skill. But doing so requires a lot of focus, a lot of
0: practice, a lot of conscious thought and hard work. And if they keep learning, keep practicing, the student will eventually reach the stage of unconscious competence. That's the stage referred to in the core content. This is where the person has enough experience with the skill to perform it so easily that they do it unconsciously. But it doesn't stop there. The person can continue to learn and even grow even after reaching the unconscious competence stage.
1: That reminds me of the great drummer, Neil Peart, best known as the drummer and primary lyricist of the rock band Rush. His fans called him the professor. His drumming showed incredible technical proficiency, and his live performances were amazing. And yet, even after reaching this level of talent, you know what he did? Uh, Well, if it were me, I'd retire. (laughs) No, he didn't. Not yet. Not yet. He sought out legendary jazz drummer, Freddy Gruber, and took lessons from him so he
0: could get even better. Oh, that's great. (laughs) I love it. It's great to know, though, that there's always room to grow and learn, even if you've reached the unconscious competence level of skill, because it's all practice. Yeah,
1: I think that the hardest part is at the beginning, Mm -hmm. especially at this this conscious incompetence level right because you suck and now you know it (laughs) this reminds me of a conversation i had when i was teaching a supervisory training years ago it's a memory that has stuck with me Oh, memories (laughs) so while teaching a group of supervisors about the importance of patience when training employees one of the participants spoke up excitedly do you know what FAIL stands for? He asked. Uh, No, no, but I want to know what does it stand for? It stands for First Attempt in Learning. Ooh, I like that. That was a decade ago and the idea stuck with me. For many of us, this concept holds true for the 4th, 5th, and 50th attempts. Some skills take a long time and therefore a lot of determination. So a failure feels fatal, then few people are going to stick with it. Few people are going to push through that conscious, incompetent stage and make progress.
0: Yeah, this is true. But I like this idea because it's all practice. It gives hope, especially during those challenging stages of learning at the very beginning. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Taking a quick break to tell you about the book that this podcast is based around. It is the Big Presentations in Small Rooms book. Whether you want to get it in ebook, audiobook, or you want it the old fashioned way in a paperback form, it's available on Amazon. You can find the link in the show notes, and we would love for you to pick it up so you can learn more about how to make your presentations in small rooms bigger. Not bigger rooms, bigger presentations, and how to make them the best that they can be. I know you're going to get something out of it. And if you're enjoying the podcast, well, that's going to get even more into the stuff that we're talking about each and every week. Don't miss out, check it out, The Big Presentations in Small Rooms book on Amazon.
1: One big challenge for presenters is to create a presentation presence that's effective and authentic. And it's it's vital to have both elements, effective and authentic. And there's no substitute for practice as you discover and improve what presence works best for you.
0: Ooh, 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 I, I got another rock and roll story. All right, all right, all right. So here's the deal. Bring it on! Oh, yeah. It's a beautiful day for It'd a rock be. and roll story. Oh no, those Carthage. Yeah, uh, somebody should tell him what number that is. So, but but not 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 to get ahead of myself. We're talking about u two. The book u two by u two is really a case study of determination. What we've been talking about. Most of us see the rock stars of the present and don't really think about. Rejections, money problems, relationship stresses, all that stuff they had to endure to get to where they are now. After U2's first two albums, well, they were able to open for the Jay Giles Band, an American tour. Sounds awesome. But you can imagine them traveling, performing, seeing thousands of people in each town. But what about the less glamorous stuff, like actually experiencing the tough reality of playing to a crowd who didn't come to see them? They came to see somebody else and doing that night after night. <laughs> and at the end of the tour, they were broke, and they barely had enough cash on hand to make it home. But it was a valuable experience for them. It's all practice. They learned, they developed, they paid attention to the things that connected to their audience. They made changes, and they never stopped learning. It's impressive U2 is still willing to grow, even though they're now legendary rock stars. And U2, woo, rock off. <laughs>
1: I love it. I love it. They realized that their presentation presence was important, and they worked hard to improve it. And now their stage show is one of the best out there.
0: Kind of makes me want to go to a concert. Yeah, that would be awesome. I agree. But we got to wrap things up. So what do we want the listeners to get out of all this? When you begin delivering
1: presentations, enter the process with patient determination. The skill sets take a while to develop. You will develop those skills because... You're not limited to your first attempt in learning. (laughs) Fail. The first stage is not the final stage because it's all practice.
0: That's right. And as you persevere, you're going to notice that the fear lessens, the confidence strengthens, and your product improves. Familiarity allows you to do better. That familiarity comes when we're willing to stay in the process long enough to build it. Yeah, those
1: initial steps can be terrifying, but they too are temporary. The more steps you take, the easier each one becomes. You need to hear this. You need to own this reality. Allow this to be a a positive voice in your head, reminding you that it's all practice.
0: Yeah. For most of us, there needs to be another voice in our heads. Maybe it's a patiently determined supervisor, teacher, mentor, or even a friend. Perhaps it's the other people in the band or on the team.
1: Yeah. It can be humbling to seek out this help, but it might just be the thing that allows you to push through a lifetime of attempts and learning and to realize it's all practice. This needs to be a constant realization
0: for us. And if you're looking for a meaningful role to play, Become that voice for other people. Be an encourager. It would be great to look back on a lifetime of successes that you helped achieve. So seek help and then provide help. And
1: even as you become a voice of patient determination for others, realize that you'll grow in that ability. You'll become increasingly effective as an encourager because, well, it's all practice. So whatever stage of development you're at, remember, it's all practice.
0: When you hit the frustration of conscious incompetence, knowing you don't know what you're doing, it's all practice. When you're pushing through the conscious competence and you could do it kind of,
1: but it takes a lot of focus, remember, it's all practice.
0: And when you reach the level of mastery where you can do it without really even thinking about it, the level of unconscious competence, know that it doesn't have to end there.
1: Right. You could be like Neil Peart of Russian, just keep learning.
0: And as you learn, well, you can help others on their journey, being a voice of encouragement and guidance and helping them realize that it's all practice.
1: (laughs) So practice this mindset and you will be well on your way to delivering big presentations in small rooms.
0: Have you been able to use some of the things that we talked about on the show? let us know about it. Give us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts and let us know what information you found the most useful and made your presentation better.